It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What will happen with Bryce Hall? What will happen with Jeremy Ruckert? What will happen with the backup tackle situation? All of this and more on today's mailbag episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Friday, July 22nd, 2022, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen or your first watch every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you like what you see or hear, hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. And if you happen to be watching on YouTube, please give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps the channel out and it helps other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. Well, training camp is almost here. The rookies actually reported this week. The veterans report next week. Jets will get underway in their preparation for the 2022 season. And it's been a while since we've done a mailbag show on the podcast, so I decided today we'll do a Friday mailbag. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions, and let's get started. Our first question deals with Zach Wilson and Mike LaFleur. How much rope should we give Zach Wilson and LaFleur this season, now that it appears an offensive line and weapons are in place? How unfair would it be to give them a quote-unquote fresh start since Zach did not get in that full season and the cupboard of talent was fairly bare when he played last season. Can the New York Jets actually develop a quarterback? Well, I think the, the key question there is, should Zach Wilson and Mike LaFleur get a fresh start? And I, I think yes, because I, I look at this from the perspective that if Zach Wilson goes out there and has a great season and Mike LaFleur is designing a really good offense, making effective play calls, uh, game planning really well, Does that mean that what happened last year just goes away? And I think the answer is pretty clearly yes. And I think the Jets right now are looking for a big leap forward from Zach Wilson. Last year, things did not go that well. And it wasn't all Zach Wilson's fault, but I think he's got to take some of the blame. I don't think he was as ready as the Jets thought he would be. I think there there were really big moments of struggle last year. And, you know, if you, at the beginning of last season, if you told, yourself that Zach Wilson was about to have that kind of season, you'd think it was very negative. So I think Zach Wilson needs a big bounce back season. But if he has that, you know, if he takes big steps forward this year, it, nobody's going to care that he struggled as a rookie. We'll be looking forward. We'll just say, you know what, maybe going out there and struggling as a rookie was the best thing that ever happened to him. I think right now there's kind of a debate. Should the Jets have had Wilson sit last season? Well, if he goes out and plays well this season, then you could say, well, you know what, he had to struggle. He had to work through some through some things. He had to get some experience. So that bad play from 2021 kind of paid off this year because he learned. He learned by playing. Uh, so the, another question here was, how much patience should Jets ha- fans have with Zach Wilson and Mike LaFleur? It's a nuanced... I think the the answer to that is kind of nuanced because 
do you still have to acknowledge that Zach Wilson is a second-year quarterback? I've seen people talk about Zach Wilson as you know having MVP potential. That's not going to happen this year. It's very, very unlikely that that's going to happen this year. First of all, you have to look from where he's beginning. You know, last year it was a rough year. He was really kind of at the bottom of the league. It's very unlikely that quarterbacks can go from the bottom of the league to the very top. It's possible to go from the bottom of the league to like the middle of the pack. So I think expectations need to be in check. It's not a failure if Zach Wilson fails to become a top 10 quarterback. In fact, it's very, very unlikely Zach Wilson is going to be a top 10 quarterback this season. What you want to see is you want to see growth. And now I'm not talking about the growth where maybe a few of his numbers look a little bit better, where he gets the completion percentage up to like 58%. I'm not talking like he's got to look like a credible quarterback, I think, through most of the season this year. I think he's got to be a middle of the pack. You got, you, I feel like there's a threshold at the quarterback position where you either look like you belong or you don't look like you belong. Most of last year, I think Zach Wilson did not look like he belonged. There were some exceptions. The Tennessee game, he was phenomenal in the fourth quarter and overtime in the late third quarter of that game. The Tampa Bay game, he looked like a credible quarterback. There were a couple other stretches within games where he looked like a credible quarterback last year. You know, the first half against Philadelphia when he leads them to three straight touchdowns, uh, second half against Carolina in the opener where he took some hits and kept, you know, kept producing for the Jets. But you need the good stretches to be more frequent and the bad stretches to be less frequent. You know, at the end of the day, you typically know whether a guy can play, at least on some level, by the end of year two. So if Zach Wilson's still struggling to the point if Zach Wilson's still struggling to to the degree he was as a rookie by the end of year two, I think we've got a problem here. Now, will the Jets make a move? Probably not. And if Zach Wilson struggles this year, Mike LaFleur is probably going to be the guy who pays with his job. And that's not fair. That's just the way the NFL works, though. A lot easier to replace an offensive coordinator than as a quarterback. So when the quarterback struggles, he gets every chance, and the offensive coordinator typically goes, and you try and do it again with a new coordinator. You say, well, the new system will work, but... I think there is some degree of pressure on these guys this year, but this is not a case where the Jets need to have the best offense in the league. You know, you look at this offense, it's, listen, it's a lot better than anything Sam Darnold ever had. It's a lot better than anything Geno Smith ever had. The Jets have surrounded Zach Wilson with pieces, but a lot of this is based on potential, you know, especially at the receiver position where the Jets did not bring in an established guy this offseason. They brought in a guy with upside in Garrett Wilson. So you've got some upside guys in Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore, on paper, it looks decent. It could end up being very good if Elijah Moore breaks out and Garrett Wilson is ready to go on day one, but there are some question marks there. So I think the expectations for Zach Wilson this season, they should not be as high as some people are making him out to be, but there need to be expectations. I don't think you can look at another season where he really struggles and just say, well, he's a young quarterback. I think there has to be some tangible improvement and if there's not, I think, you know, there's going to be a problem. And if there is tangible improvement, then we can go forward here. I hear people always say, well, we need to have the definitive answer by Zach Wilson by the end of this year. Well, that's not really going to happen. The only way you get a definitive answer with, about Zach Wilson is if he's terrible and you just decide he's not going to be the guy. But, you know, a year ago, everybody in Cleveland thought they had a definitive answer on Baker Mayfield. Development as a quarterback happens over a multi-year period. So if Zach Wilson has a good season... It's the first step. It's the first positive step. And if he's up and down, then, you know, you you have some evidence that is positive, some evidence that's negative. It's just unlikely we're going to have a definitive answer on Zach Wilson. And the only way we could have a definitive answer is if the season does not go well and we don't want that. You're just hoping that to see him take the next step forward. And 
to the extent he plays a role in that, you want to see LaFleur take the next step forward with Zach and help him develop. Our next question is about the tackle position. There's been much talk about the Jets not having a good enough backup tackle if Mekhi Becton or George Fant go down with injuries. Joe Douglas did not want to spend the money in that area. I think the offensive line will hold up if one of them goes down, but I'm not so sure about both. LaFleur could scheme the plays to the offensive line's strengths and away from its weaknesses. What are your thoughts? Well, my, my first thought is Morgan Moses, and to the extent a, a player can save a 4-13 and 13 team, Morgan Moses was a really important signing last year. I think having that third tackle really helped the Jets a lot, and I think... To the you know to the extent things could could have gone worse last season, they would have been a lot worse without Morgan Moses in there. A tackle is a tough spot to scheme around. I think it's possible to a certain extent, if the other four guys on your offensive line are strong, then you can give the you can give a weak tackle some help, especially when you have a bunch of tight ends like the Jets brought in this off season. But it limits the offense because if you're leaving a tight end to help a tackle, that means you only have four guys going out into a pattern. So you're you're hurting your passing game. You're making your passing game less dynamic by doing that. Ideally, you'd like to have five offensive linemen who could hold up on their own. Now, part of this is going to come down to, can Elijah Vera Tucker continue to develop? I think Elijah Vera Tucker as a rookie, it was good for a rookie, but we need to see steps forward this season. If he develops the way we're hoping he'll develop, then I think, yeah, you probably do have four good offensive linemen, and to a certain extent, you can scheme around a weak tackle, but I don't want to scheme around a weak tackle. I think you're really limiting your offense if you do that. I think that, again, I would have liked to have seen the Jets do something. It's tough because Morgan Moses kind of fell into the Jets' lap last offseason. So as much as I'm talking about Morgan Moses and how the Jets made a great move in signing him, it's not like that's something you can expect. A starting caliber tackle becomes available in the summer and you happen to have cap space and nobody else really does. It's tough to find offensive line depth in the NFL. We've seen it for years with the Jets. I mean, how, how many years in recent memory did the Jets not even have good starters? Offensive line plays at a premium in this league, and it's tough to find good starters, much less good backups. But I don't feel comfortable with what the Jets have at the tackle position. I like the fourth-round pick, Max Mitchell. I think he could develop into somebody in the future. But listen, he's a fourth-round pick. He's a developmental-type guy. You're not, you don't draft a guy in the fourth round expecting him to do much as a rookie. But that's where the Jets are right now. I think you got to hope that Becton and Fant stay healthy. I think it's a big hit to the offense. Maybe you can survive it, but maybe you can survive it's a lot different from being confident that you've got what it takes to make it work. Now, ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we're going to talk about another guy the Jets drafted in that third to fourth round range. That's Jeremy Ruckert. He's beginning training camp on an injured list. How concerned should fans be? We'll discuss that ahead here on this Friday mailbag, Locked On Jets. Well, training camp's almost here. It's time to celebrate, and there's no better way to celebrate than by treating yourself to a great built Bar. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. If you tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk built Bar, guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the, pu- the Puffs treatment. That's right, the Coconut Brownie Chunk Bar flavor you love is now in a delicious chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. They're good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are here for limited time only. Go to Built.com now to make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. The best part about Built Puffs, of course, is that they taste amazing. 
but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they are actually good for you. They're the perfect treat, perfect for when you've got a craving or when you need to satisfy your sweet tooth. They're delicious, they're coconut, they're sweet, they're rich, they're brownie, they're creamy, marshmallow, you name it. Stop fantasizing. Go to Built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk Built Puffs right now. Again, that's go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. If you do that, you'll get 15% off your order. Again, it's promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, one word at Built.com for coconut brownie chunk Built Puffs. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you again for making Locked On Jets your first listen or your first watch every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We continue our weekly mailbag show. Our next question, do you have any inside scoop on the Jeremy Ruckert physically unable to perform situation? Given the signings of Uzama and Conklin, I thought the best look we would get at the rookie would be in preseason games. Should I give up on that? Well, no, you should not give up on that. So Jeremy Ruckert was placed, I believe it's the non-football injury list, which is essentially the same as the physically unable to perform list. But it's if you suffer an injury, if your injury came from what was not considered a football activity. Um, and essentially, you'll hear in the coming days as training camp begins about players who are placed on the physically unable to perform list. And these are guys who are not ready for day one of practice because they're coming off an injury. So Makai Becton was placed on this list. George Fant was placed on this list. Uh, Uzama was actually placed on this list, the tight end the Jets just signed. Carl Lawson will begin training camp on this list. That just means you can't practice on day one. And this is the this is the weird thing about it. If you suffer an injury on the first day of practice, you don't go on the list. But you're essentially in the, you're essentially in the same boat as the guys who are on the physically unable to perform list. Uh, the thing about the, the other thing about the physically unable to perform list is you can come off it at any time in training camp. As soon as you're ready to practice, you come off the list. Now, once training camp and the preseason end, if you're still on the list and you begin the regular season on the list, then you got to sit out six weeks. But at the beginning of training camp, you see guys, if it could just be like a something minor, like an ankle injury that if you, again, if you suffer this ankle injury on day one, you maybe miss a couple of days and nobody really cares, but if you suffer an ankle injury right before the beginning of training camp, you get put on this list and everybody freaks out. Now, I, I don't know what the situation is with Ruckert. I don't know when he's going to be ready. And whenever somebody begins the camp begins camp on a physically unable to perform list, there's always a possibility it's a more serious thing. So I can't completely alleviate your concerns about this, but I think people tend to panic a little bit too much because most of the time it's a relatively minor injury that you would never give a second thought to if it happened like a few days into camp. But because it happened before camp, you you get put on this list. This list doesn't really mean a whole lot. And you know, as far as Ruckert goes, I think it's a good point to say that probably the most action we'll get a look at him at is in preseason. But preseason's still a ways off. We haven't even begun the real practices in training camp yet. So I wouldn't be overly worried with it. And in addition to that, if your biggest look at somebody is in the preseason, that's a sign he probably was not going to play a big role on your team this year. I think the Jets want Rucker to develop. I think the Jets like Rucker a lot. I think they think he's got starting potential down the line, maybe a year or two, maybe three years down the line. I think they believe he can develop into a quality starting tight end. 
But there's a reason the Jets went out and got two tight ends of free agency this year, Uzama and Conklin. That's because they don't want to put a rookie in the spot. And it's nice because typically Ruckert's the kind of guy, if you've followed the Jets in recent years, he's the kind of guy that gets pressed into action too early before he's ready. He's a guy who needs some development. You know, he's, he, he was not utilized that much as a receiver in Ohio State. I think he's got to develop his, uh, his, his pass-catching game a little bit. I also think he's not technically that refined as a blocker, so I think he's got to do some work with the coaching staff. Most of his work this year is going to be behind the scenes. He's going to de- try and develop on the practice field. It would be great if he could get on the field in the preseason, but at the end of the day, this is not a critical player for the Jets this year. This is a guy the Jets drafted, and when you're talking a late third-round pick, I think there's a perception you're expecting these guys to contribute right away. And part of that might just, again, be because of how bad the Jets have been in recent years, that they, the rosters have been so thin that they've pressed these third-round picks into action before they're ready. But guy who drafted in the late third, you're looking at him down the line as a player. You're not really looking at him for this year. So I would not be overly, I would, I would never be overly concerned just because somebody's on either the physically unable to perform list or the non-football injury list at the beginning of camp. But especially somebody like uh, Rucker, who's not really projected to play that big of a role for the team this year. Next question. If you were to identify one trait that Zach Wilson has that Sam Darnold does not have, what would it be? What will make Zach successful? Or will Zach flame out like Sam did? Well, I hope Zach doesn't turn out like Sam did. Um, you know, everybody talks about Zach's big arm, and that helps. Zach Wilson clearly has a bigger arm than Sam Darnold. You know, Sam Darnold had an arm that was adequate, uh, so there are going to be throws Zach can make that Sam can't. But I actually think the arm strength thing is overrated when we talk about quarterbacks. And I think it's one of those things that's kind of been beaten to death talking about Zach Wilson. Your ceiling's not based that much on your arm strength. I think I've heard the word ceiling used over and over, and I'm probably as guilty as anybody of that over the last year plus. You know, arm strength doesn't isn't the end all. It doesn't really have that much. It has certain. It has a. It matters to an extent, but it's not that important. I don't know whether Zach Wilson has this, but one thing that's come to mind for me with Sam Darnold is. Sam really struggled with it. Looking back on it, I think Sam really struggled with adversity. When things were going well, Sam could go out there and have a good game. You know, if, they, if things got off to a good start in the first quarter, he could have a big game. And you even saw this last year in Carolina, where they got off to this 3-0 and start, and you know, part of it was they were not playing very good competition. They were playing uh, the Jets. They played Houston. They played a Saints team that was having a tough week. Um, but once Sam ran into trouble, and this was true in his Jets career, he kind of just fell apart. So you'd like to see better, I don't know if mental toughness is the right word, but Sam really struggled with adversity. And as a quarterback in this league, you have to be able to shake it off when things go badly. And we're going to get a good look at that this year for Zach Wilson because Zach kind of had a rough rookie season. So can he shake off that rookie season? Will he come back? Will he play effectively? But then you have to watch within games and week to week. Can he shake off a bad game or does that turn into a two, three game slump? When he throws an interception early, does it turn into the four interception game we saw against New England week two last year? You know, it happens for rookies. We're in year two now, so we want to see. I think, I think I don't know if it's something he's got. I think it's something I'd like to see from him. And if he does have this, it makes it much more likely we're going to we're going to see Zach Wilson be successful. And we'll, we will not see Zach Wilson turn out to be like Sam Darnold. Well, speaking of young players, there's a young player on the Jets who's been sent to the bench based on the team's offseason moves. And it's not really his fault. What role will Bryce Hall have with the Jets in 2022? We'll discuss as we close out this Friday Locked On Jets mailbag. 
that we are almost at training camp, that means preseason's right around the corner and the regular season won't be far behind it. And if you want to place a bet on the upcoming NFL season, you should know that betonline.net remains the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all of your latest sports and events at the number one source for online for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every for every league, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, golf, and yes, the NFL, the upcoming season. BetOnline continues to be the, the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information, from live betting to scores to podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening. You can bet on NFL futures if you really like the Jets this year. If you think they've made some great offseason additions, you can put some money down and make money when the Jets have a good season. Bet online, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Jets Podcast here on this Friday. We continue with our mailbag episode. Our next question is there any chance we run a one-safety look as the base defense? I'm thinking about a world where we keep Hall, Gardner, and Reed on the field and then have the three linebackers be Mosley, Williams, and one of Sherwood or Nasrul Dean. Then you throw Whitehead back as the one lone safety to cover over the top. Given the, the deficiency at safety, I think this would be a good way to keep the best players on the field while keeping weaker players off the field. Hall could man up against tight ends in the base D, and we would not have to change our personnel for three receiver sets. What are your thoughts? I don't think that the Jets are going to completely redesign their defense just to get Bryce Hall on the field. Bryce Hall is a nice player, but I don't think you completely overhaul things just to make it a point to get him on the field. I think he's going to have to play a role that exists already, and that's either going to be he's either going to have to play slot corner or he's going to have to play safety. So, you know, the way this was described, it kind of sounds like you have him in mind for a safety-type role. Um, I don't know if he can play slot corner. I don't know if he can play safety. Maybe he can. In training camp this year, I have no objection if you want to throw him out there and see how he takes to it because you know, he doesn't really, he's kind of an extraneous part now with uh, Reed and Gardner around. So if you want to experiment with Bryce Hall and maybe see if he can handle a position where you're weak, I don't have any problem with it. The thing I don't love about this idea is that it means you have Jordan Whitehead playing the deep safety role. And I think Jordan Whitehead's much better near the line of scrimmage. So if I was going to do, do something like this, I'd probably have Bryce Hall. I'd probably give him a tryout at free safety. I'm not sure whether he could do it. Maybe he can, maybe he can't, but I'd, I'd give it a try. Now, most of the time you're going to play with five defensive backs here. I mean, I don't think you're going to play three linebackers all that much. I think you're going to play, you're going to see Jets with a lot of four, two, five. So you know, the question would be, could Hall play free safety? Maybe would he take the slot over from Michael Carter the second? I think those are the two areas where you'd see Hall. I don't I don't think you're going to play a defense, though, with four defensive linemen, three linebackers, three corners, and one safety. I, I think that's a tough thing to do, and I think you're taking Whitehead out of the role where he would be successful. And honestly, listen, I I really like the idea of having corner depth, but Bryce Hall, the, the ideal scenario would be if there was a team that needed a corner that was deep 
at a position where the Jets are weak. Like if there was a team that had a safety that was they were willing to trade and they needed a corner, that would be a situation where you maybe you'd flip it, maybe you'd do a player for player trade and you'd get uh you'd you'd get a, a starting safety in exchange for Bryce Hall. To me, like that that'd be the ideal scenario. But you know, I would not trade Bryce Hall just for the sake of trading Bryce Hall. But if you could get a starting level player at a position where you're weak, that probably would make more sense to me. I don't think that they're going to do it that. I think if he plays, though, it's going to be either he's going to either going to be a free safety or he's going to be a slot corner. Again, I don't know whether he could do either. If you want to give him a try in preseason to see if he's good at it, I, I got no issue with that. But uh, I think more likely he's heading to the bench. And our last question is from David. With Madden ratings released this week, is Demario Davis the most underrated Jet player and draft pick this century? He's not the most underrated draft pick because you have to remember this. He was not a good draft pick for the Jets. He had success, but it was his second stint with the Jets. They traded, they let him go in free agency in 2015. In fact, his last season in the first, his first Jets stint was 2015. He got benched that year because he was so bad. He left for free agency, went to Cleveland. Nobody really missed him. Nobody was upset. Then in 2017, the Jets traded Calvin Pryor to get him back. And it may have been Mike McCagnan's best trade. As, well, no, not, not as good as Brandon Marshall, but it was one of Mike McCagnan's best moves. He got Demario Davis back for Calvin Pryor, who was a first-round bust. And I, I have to admit, I, I hated the move at the time. I was like, why did the Jets do this? And Davis got off to a horrible start that year in 2017. He was awful. They lost a game in Buffalo. Then they lost a game at Oakland. He was horrible in both games. And then week three came against Miami. He played a great game, and he was just phenomenal. From That was like the turning point of his career, this random game after he got off to this horrible start in 2017. Completely turns his career around, has a great season with the Jets. They let him go in free agency, which, again, that was a mistake. That was one of Mike McCagnon's worst moves. And again, I have to take some grief there because I didn't have a big issue with letting him go at the time. But looking back, they, sh- they should have done everything in their power to keep him because he was a good player. So... I don't think it was the most underrated draft pick because he left and nobody really cared. His first stint with the team was not that great, but was he the most underrated Jet player? I mean, I underrated, I certainly under, he's probably one of the player I underrated the most, if not the most, then he was, he's up there. So I think he's certainly got a good argument for that. Um, I wish I, I was completely wrong about him. I did not like it when they traded for him. I didn't, I did not have a big issue with them letting him go. I, I was wrong in both areas. So at least as far as I go, I think he's up there when we're talking about guys I've underrated through the years. Anyway, that's all for our episode today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Big shout out to subscribers to this podcast. To join that group, just hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening or watching. You'll get notifications as new episodes are posted. Give the show a five-star review if you're listening on a podcast source. Big thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back on Monday as we get ready for the start of training camp for the Jets in 2022. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 